College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at one of 25 $1,000 savings plan deposits for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Look for the Save Now, Save Later giveaway under the scholarships page. Log on and register today. That's iowastudentloan.org. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up! Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and powered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest. You know him. You love him. His name is Zach Kelberman. Zach, just a couple days ago, we had to report to Broncos country that a former defensive starter had defected to an AFC West divisional foe. Alas, tonight, we must also report Another former starter signed with the Raiders. Break it down, and I'll pull up the Scratch and Sniff article. Yeah, a lot of Broncos fans are asking about Kenny Young or have asked about him. We were asked about him at the draft, what his status is with the Broncos, and uh, they let him toil away in unrestricted free agency. Sorry, I have a uh, Ricola in my mouth right now. I'll be sure to get rid of that. But um, They signed Josie Jewell, obviously. They didn't bring back A.J. Johnson. They didn't bring back Kenny Young. They wanted Jewell among those three. And it says a lot that the Broncos hired Ajiro Evero, who Kenny Young knew in Los Angeles, as their new D.C., and they didn't want Kenny Young to come back. So he's off to the Raiders, off in Vegas. I think he'll be like a depth piece there because they have two pretty good starting inside linebackers right now, or decent ones anyway, and he'll help out on special teams where he reunites with everyone's favorite, Tom McMahon. Yeah, I mean, it sucks that Kenny Young is not going to – I liked his energy that he's not going to be a Bronco, but what's the worst that could happen? It'd be one thing if this was year over year Fangio's defense again, in terms of the, I know it's being the scheme by Evero's being built on the bones of the Fangio scheme. I know all that before you uh, get to the keyboard warrior stuff here, guys. But what I'm saying is the verbiage is changing. Some of the uh, other aspects of it are changing as well. So, I'm not sure, Zach, there's that much to worry about in terms of whatever intelligence he can impart to the Raiders on what the Broncos are going to be doing in 2022 and beyond. But we knew he wasn't coming back. I mean, there was still a shred of a chance he could come back because the Broncos waited quite a while to re-sign a few of the guys that they had dangling and allowing to test the market, most recent of which, of course, Kareem Jackson and then Melvin Gordon. 
let's not forget Josie Jewell. Uh, Calvin Anderson was swooped up pretty quickly in free agency as far as being re-signed. But Kenny Young, I liked his energy. Zach, I liked, that. I liked his kind of swagger that he brought to the defense. When he was on the field, I felt like he made a pretty solid impact both on the tangible and intangible side in terms of people feeding off his energy. But then he got hurt, and then we hardly knew him. You know, it was uh, Griffith, Jonas Griffith, stepping in next to Baron Browning. Looked like the future of the Broncos at linebacker was going to be Griffith and Browning, but then they re-signed Josie Jewell. I still don't think Baron Browning's moving to edge. I think they're keeping him at, at off ball. I was going to say, I would feel a lot better about Kenny Young leaving and AJ Johnson for that matter, not being re-signed if they would have kept Browning at ILB full-time. But I, I'm a, in agreement with you. I loved Kenny Young's energy as well. I was super hyped, super hyped about him, but I think it's all relative because the Broncos defense had zero energy under Vic Fangio, zero intensity from their players that when we saw a shred of it in Kenny Young, we were over-celebrating and overcompensating for it. In reality, he wasn't that good in coverage or in run defense, according to Pro Football Focus. So no big loss for the Broncos, but I'd feel a little better if Browning was staying at off ball. I guess we can't forget this guy either, former uh, two-time leading tackler of the Eagles, Alex Singleton, who's going to factor in, although I still think his biggest impact is going to be as a third-phase guy, Alex Singleton. It's good to have that body waiting in the wings because, man, initially when the Broncos lost both their starting off-ball linebackers inside the first quarter of the season, that first rotation of guys that they turned to, which was a combination, unless my memory escapes me here, of Justin Sternod and Barrington Wade, that was a really bad combo that they quickly realized, okay, that's not going to fly. Cut to week nine, Dallas Cowboys, they roll out an entirely new off-ball linebacker duo starting the game. Browning, Young, and then things kind of stabilized there. But Kenny, unfortunately, just couldn't stay healthy. So I'm curious to see how it uh, plays out for Alex Singleton in Denver. But Kenny Young, hey, I wish you health. But I can't, I don't know if you can say, do you wish him well in, in Las Vegas? Because wishing him well might cut against your interest as a fan of the Denver Broncos. You know, I don't think inside linebacker is going to be a position that's prioritized or emphasized under Evero, but in Las Vegas could be a different story. And I do like the hire they made there for coordinator and Patrick Graham coming over from the Giants. I think that was actually a big get for Vegas. So maybe with his energy and his what we thought was coverage ability, he can help out the Raiders, but I'm not sweating playing against Kenny Young twice a year. Bring it on. A couple of early super chats I want to tip the cap to, and then we got to get to some matters of business, including Michael Ronquillo, who has just been a ray of sunshine as he is wont to be, throwing down big time in the month of May as a super chat superstar, most definitely in the top five. We'll go through the, the rankings tonight. Trust on that for the uh, Jersey contest on YouTube. But thank you for that, buddy. He says, good evening, Chad and Zach on Mile High Huddle. Let's ride and go Broncos. Love it, dude. Thank you, buddy. Sam Bam also jumping in, Zach, with an early super to say. Thank you, Sam. Evening, Chad and Zach. Going to predict the Broncos get four, count them, one, two, three, four primetime games this year. The London game and then three others. 11 and six at worst is what Sam Bam's calling. Go Broncos. Your thoughts? I tweeted while the podcast was going live, I expect no less than four Broncos primetime games. They could max out at five. I believe the international one would count as a primetime game, I'm assuming. So it toward well, that. Why would it, though? Think about this. It's going to be taking place while many Broncos fans are still sawing logs. They're going to be sleeping still. The buzzer, the, the alarm clock will have not gone off for many a Bronco fan when the, the game kicks in uh, in London. 
I, I don't know the 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 uh, official definition for prime time. Maybe it's prime time in England, not prime time in the states. But uh, mm. I think they'll have four prime time games as we know it, at least uh, with Russell Wilson now in tow. Yes, <clears throat> it's really exciting. And thank you, thank you again. By the way, Sam Bam and Michael and the Duchess throwing down. So great Michaela to Baum. see you. Thank you, Michaela Baum in the hizzy. Love it. As you blow, blew all my hair off the, the top of my dome, as you can see. She says, Fangio had as much energy as a mortuary. <laughs> well, let's not insult a mortuary now, Michaela. <laughs> uh, yeah, Fangio, like, rigor mortis set in, and he was just stuck like this. Yeah. He's just stuck. Poor poor Vic. Then, he's, then she says, I liked Young, but now things are different, Zach. This is really a propros of nothing or of little, um, but I, I saw a stat from uh, CBS Sports NFL Twitter, and they said they listed the receivers last year that totaled the least receiving touchdowns on their team, the team that totaled the least receiving touchdowns. The Broncos were on that list, unfortunately. I think they had six or seven total receiving touchdowns, and I was looking for a picture of Pat Shermer to really drive home my point about how crappy he is or was. And I saw a picture of him, Chad. I swear to God, I'll pull it up. He was standing watching over practice, standing just like Fangio, <laughs> not with his arms crossed, but with his ham, hands tucked. So uh, he was a little beta to Fangio's alpha, I guess. You want to call what it. do they say? You you become the average of the five people you spend the most time with. And they're talking about that. I think it's meant more in a social sense, but it could also mean in a professional sense. You know, it's something I tell my my sons and my kids. It's another way of saying, I guess, you sleep with the dogs, you're going to get fleas, et cetera, et cetera. You know, Pat Shermer spending that much time around Vic Fangio, it was probably only a matter of time before the rigor mortis set in for him too. He became dead inside and his hands were stuck just like this. And another thing, uh, this is the four-month, happy four-month anniversary of Vic Fangio's firing. Four months ago on this day, Fangio was crap-canned by the Broncos and George Payton. Four months later, the Broncos have Nathaniel Hackett and some dude named Russell Wilson. <laughs> blessings on blessings on blessings. Yes, we got Michaela with another Michaela bomb. Hey, hats off. <laughs> Love you. Appreciate you. She says, uh -huh. oh, yes, happy Fangio firing day. There is a God. Pate. Do you guys remember Sinbad, the comic? Any Anytime I, I hear party, I think of him from Necessary Roughness. We're going to pate, right? Remember that movie? Yes. Scott's doing the dance right, right now. I, I can't. <laughs> he would probably quit his job if I hurry and flashed him on the screen. And, and you guys saw that. I almost did. I resisted the temptation. But nevertheless, Michaela, love you. Yeah, I could. Uh, I wish I could get the last minute of my life back. But Michaela, I definitely appreciate you as always. And it, it, Chad, you know it's funny. This is how much some of Broncos country detested Vic Fangio to celebrate his firing four months after the fact with a bomb like that from Michaela. Um, I'm I'm right there with you in terms of happiness. I'm so happy the Broncos have a better head coach now, a true quarterback to work with, and uh, better times are ahead. Thank you, Michaela. Zach, on that note, just for a second here. I mean. Since you already wasted one minute, let's let's waste maybe two or three while we're at it. What if Vic Fangio had Russell Wilson all along? Would he still find himself it on the end matter. Of You had Pat Shermer. I mean, as long as you have bad coaching in place, your quarterback. I, I hate to break it to you guys, but coaching, coaching, coaching. It would always hamper the Broncos. They were playing not to lose, Chad. They were playing for field goals. It wouldn't even be let let Russ cook in, in with the Broncos. It'd be don't let Russ near the kitchen with the Broncos. So it wouldn't have mattered. 
he needed a true elite coaching staff to unlock the elite aspects of Russell Wilson, the likes of which we haven't seen in a few years now. I think the Broncos do have those coaches and they will unlock those benefits this season. Whether he would have won with Russ or there you go. We needs to party. I love that movie, dude. I love it. That's that was um the birth of Fumbalaya, Fumble Ruski when um what's his name, dude? Deuce Bigelow. What's the dude's name? Come on. Schneider, Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider is like the for those of you who remember Major League. Now now I'm going to two different movies, but you had the sports, uh the play by play guy that was such a funny part of the major league. They kind of bake that into the cake for this movie. And Rob Schneider plays the guy and he's bored because it's a crappy product on the field. So he's like making things up. Great movie though. And Quantum Leap, dude, I forget that guy's name. But if you guys can remember the, sh the movie or the show, the TV show Quantum Leap, he plays like the hero quarterback of Necessary Roughness. It's a great, it's a great movie. And it's actually family friendly too. It's a family friendly, good sports comedy. Oh no, we suck again. <laughs> I, I can't do Rob it. Schneider, baby. We, uh, dude, Bobby Boucher, let's go, let's go. Um, all right, so back to uh, back to the haps here. We got Kendrick Ware jumping in. What's going on, big dog? Thank, Thank you for you, that Kendrick. super chat. It's been great, dude. Getting to see you, contributing to the conversation. We do appreciate it, Kendrick. He says, "What's up, my guys? I know I may have missed the topics, but how was the draft experience? And what do you fellas think about Magic Johnson as ownership, possibly of the team? Mile High Magic, get it." LOL. Yes, indeed. Hashtag MHH for life. Well, first of all, the draft experience was really fun. Yeah. It was a lot of work. It's a lot of walking just because, um, what was it, Zach? It was like 0.9 of a mile from walking out the door of our hotel at Caesars Palace across the boulevard. Cause you don't just go in a straight line, right? You're in Vegas. A Vegas mile, right? That's a good way to put it. Uh, to Caesars Forum. But once you got there and you walked in and the air conditioning hit you and that sweet relief settled in, <laughs> then it was uh, it was all kinds of fun. But aside from the very crappy Wi-Fi they provided to us as media, it was great. It was really fun. It was really fun. Yeah, awesome experience. I, you know, we shot a really cool video with the uh, with the stage as the backdrop. We wish we could have used it, but the sound wasn't cooperating. But we had so much fun uh, coming coming up with content, uh, hopping on the stream, just being in the in the central focus of the draft, being around the vibe of it, the energy of it. Great experience for Chad and I, and I can't wait to do it again. Yeah, for we sure. got to hang out a lot too with Claudette Montana Patterson, who does a lot of, uh, you know not man on the street, woman on the street stuff with the, what would you call it? Field reporting, I guess. I don't yeah. know. What would you call it? But she's uh, really great at her job. And you guys got to see her on a couple of videos. You've seen her do a few videos with myself in terms of these kind of like talking heads on a screen, <clears throat> pardon me type videos. And it was fun getting to hang out with Claudette a little bit as well. But Magic Johnson, we talked about this uh, a little bit. What was it? Was it last night we talked about? It? No, it was last week. It was farther into last week. Either way. I'm kind of ambivalent when it comes to the subject of ownership. I just want a guy who's not going to be a Dan Snyder. Just let George Payton keep doing what George is doing. Um, and hey, the NFL, though, Zach, it's a priority to them, although I'm not sure how much they can manifest it as a reality because we talk about fiduciary responsibility to the heirs of Pat Bowen, all of his kids. It's the trust, the Pat Bowen trust responsibility to sell to the highest bidder, irrespective of um, 
you know, minority ownership, but the NFL would really like to have minority ownership by that black, um, Latino, Asian, et cetera, whatever it might be. Magic Johnson would not only fit that, check that box for the NFL, Zach, but he also brings his own championship pedigree. Granted, it's basketball, right? It's a totally different arena, but he's had his um, fingerprints on a few different pro sports endeavors as either an executive or an investor, and it's all turned out well. Like He's a man with the golden touch. If When he touches something, usually does well. Five championships as a player, five as an executive. Hey, I don't think you can shake a stick at that. No, the difference is though he'd be among a group. You know, he'd be uh, a m- minority owner in that sense, not a majority owner. Whereas Rob Walton would buy the team outright, and if he can sign a five billion dollar check cash, no financing, no other, uh, you know, addis- add-ons to that addendum, then he'll get the Broncos' ownership stake. And he actually toured the facility today. It was reported. Rob Walton, he had his walk through. He gave his presentation. We don't know how that went yet, but I think it was Boley who presented it last week. He was the first bidder on site. Uh, It's two Joshes. He's either Harris or or Boley. I think it was was Harris last week. Or was Harris. Okay. Well, now you got me. Now you got me doubting the. I I, I can't remember. Either way. Actually, no. I'm pretty sure it was Josh Harris last last week. Walton, as you mentioned today, and Boley's group, if depending on what reports you want to believe, well, no, it's not depending on what reports you want to believe. We know that the five finalists, they're going to get um, meetings with the Broncos, walkthroughs, all that stuff. So I think two of them have, have gone through that now. And there's two mystery finalists, apparently, right. which we don't know yet, you know, the identity of yet. So uh, I still think it's Rob Walton's uh, bid to lose. Again, if he can sign a $5 billion check, I think the franchise will be his. And when you're worth 70, it's easier to cut $5 billion than if you're worth 9 or 10, like in the case of Harris, I'm assuming, and Bully. GLP in the house. What is going on, Gary? <clears throat> Pardon me. Really appreciate you, my friend. Hope you're doing well, big dog. Andrew Baker in the hizzy, fresh off an appearance on the show. It was really fun talking with you last week, my dog. He says, what's up, my fam damnly? With the schedule coming, I hear some wanting an easy start and some wanting the Chiefs right away. So which should it be? Hashtag MHH for life. I love that hashtag. Zach, do you go straight into the frying pan or do you buffer it, right? You kind of ease into the teeth of your schedule. To me, I'm the type of guy, it's like when someone comes and says, hey, good news, bad news. I'm like, give me the bad first. Expose me to the resistance first. Expose me to the downside first, and then I will overcome. So I would rather just get it right out of the gates. You know, the refiner's fire, as it were. Let's go. You know what, though? I mean, maybe I'm overconfident, but I don't think the Chiefs are bad news for the Broncos. I think the Broncos are bad news for the Chiefs, quite frankly. They took a downturn, Kansas City did, and they're in for a rude awakening with Russell Wilson and even the rest of the division, how they've upgraded as well uh, around their team on defense, on offense. Not going to be easy for Kansas City to maintain the mountaintop. But I wanted the Chiefs all along in week one. I want that game in primetime, actually, if they can swing it, because I want to show the entire country, the entire world, the new Broncos are here to stay and rule the roost of the AFC West. It's no longer the old Broncos, the irrelevant Broncos. It's the new age Broncos with Russell Wilson. Time to turn a new page. Let's go. But I'm reading, according to Peter King, he's been saying it for quite a while now, if it's not Buffalo, Los Angeles in week one on the Thursday night opener, it's going to be more than likely the Broncos against the Rams at the Rams to open the NFL season on Thursday night. 
I'd be okay with that. I love the Broncos in prime time and a chance to show who they really are on a national stage, but I want Kansas City early, man. I really do. Uh, thank you for the correction on that, CC. I do appreciate it. I'm just going to trust that you're right because it sounds right now that you mentioned it. I said when Josie and Alexander Johnson went down, it went to uh, Justin Sternod and Barrington Wade. How could I forget Curtis Robinson? I mean, come on. Yeah. Travis Broncos Weber. Legend. Legendary. But I do appreciate that, CC. Big T in the house. What's up, buddy? He says, Chad, the quarterback in necessary roughness was Scott Bakula. That's right. That's right. That's right. Uh, and don't forget Kathy Ireland. Yep, she does uh, join the team late in the uh, in the season. Yep, and it's still family friendly. It's good stuff, man. It's one of my favorites. That bar fight, freaking epic, dude. I love that show. It's one of those where they let you know out of the gates. This isn't going to be like a major league where they go, you know, from the worst team in the in the league to making a pennant run and succeeding. This is a team that look. It's going to be crap. It is crap. But let's reset our goals. Let's find an achievable goal. And, and within that, we'll find, you know, some joy and, and method to our madness. And it's it's just, it's a it's a riot. If you've not seen Necessary Roughness, guys, go check it out. Travis, word is we get Seattle week one, which would also be a tasty matchup. Sounds like, though, Zach, even though you have uh, Pete Carroll at every opportunity pumping up Drew Locke, the favorite, early favorite to start for Seattle is not Drew Locke, but... Geno Smith. Good luck with that. The Broncos have lived that life for over a half decade now. So I, I did hear, though, Travis, a lot of chatter at the draft that said it could be very well the Seahawks and the Broncos would be at Seattle to open the week one, um, to open the season in week one. But it very well could be the Rams as well, according to Peter King. So we'll wait and we'll see as early as Thursday because that's when the, uh, or as late as Thursday because I'm sure it'll leak out before then. But that's when the schedule comes out. Thursday. We'll be breaking it down, obviously, on the podcast because we'll be on that night. It'll be a lot of fun. We'll be prepared. We'll go through it with you guys. It's going to be a gas. And there will be a lot of different articles going up at milehighhuddle.com to kind of cover it, break it all down as well. And, Zach, before I forget, pardon me, um, take a quick look for our great Super Chat superstars at the rankings. As a reminder, what you're looking at on screen are the top five, six. We'll go through the rankings here, but it's the top-ranked Super Chat superstars in the month of May. It's a cumulative, meaning total. DWI guys throwing down the most Super Chats, etc. And what we're doing is it's a contest. At the end of the month, we're going to take the top five finishers all right, on Super Chat. Names go in a hat, draw it out, Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And Ethan, a.k.a. DWI guys, number one. Michael Ronquillo at two. Dale D-Dub at three. The Duchess, four. She's always top five without fail. And a newer name edging in to the top five in Tanner Holes, who's, look, you know, he's been a longtime member of our community, but Hey, sometimes life gets in the way. Things come up. You're maybe not your schedule at work changed or whatever. Not able to participate in the live streams. Tanner's back though, and it's been great. And then the God King, Mark from Georgia, uh, Sam Bam at seven, Casey Nickel, Gary Blah Blah, Todd T, Broncos Sunrise, and even myself throwing a super chat down, Zach, for uh, Tom's new show on Friday. I'm I could be in the running for this very jersey. Just kidding. It's Scott's just in the interest of transparency. He's showing you the true, real rankings but minus me out of there so bronco sunrise paul 826 you see it and guys on the sake of youtube if you're listening to this after the fact and you missed the live stream you can still be in the running for that 
particular um, contest that we're running for the jersey by the Super Thinks. There's a new way to show creators and, and podcast love on YouTube, and that's through Super Thanks, and it's for on-demand views. So you got to, to in order to do a super chat, Zach, as we know, you got to be live. You got to be in the chat itself, and then you can throw down a super chat. But Super Thanks allows viewers and and listeners, however you want to categorize it, to throw down a super chat that's just called a Super Thanks on demand when you're watching it after the fact. It's no longer being broadcast. It's no longer live, but it's still up to be watched on demand. And what's really cool, I've done it a few times too on for a few of my favorite creators. Zach and I have seen you get this cool like explosion of emojis that happens and it sends a message to the creator the channel gets to see right away you get notified what's happening it's really really cool so guys super thanks are out there if you're not live with us you can still be in on the rankings keep that in mind naj talk about superstars in the house dude what's going on big dog says hey brothers hope all is well do you brothers think the roster is set for the most part or do you think the broncos will pursue any remaining free agents and if so who zach your thoughts I mean, who? Who is really out there that could help the Broncos that they need right now? Uh, George Payton, to his credit, did a fantastic job of uh, getting the Broncos roster, all the holes filled before uh, the draft through free agency and trades, and uh, he used the draft picks. It reflected his roster-building process where he didn't need anyone. He he took players that he would like. It was a pure luxury draft. I've heard uh, Jadevian Clowney being linked to Denver. For what? You just draft Nick Benito. You already have a... uh, uh, a lot, a log jam of pass rushers. You don't need one more. Uh, who was who another guy? James Bradbury, that was released by the Giants today, an outside cornerback? No, you have Sertan, who you're paying $10 million. You have PS2. You, you uh, have K1 Williams. You brought you, you brought back, um, uh, you, you're coming, um, excuse me, a couple cornerbacks are coming back in a saying Bassi yep. and Michael Ozumudia. So I don't see anyone on the open market that can help the Broncos unless I'm missing someone. Yeah, I'm not really, I don't think the Broncos are really thinking that way. Um, Bob did a good job today publishing a very well thought out long form article, breaking down the current state of the 90 man roster. So go read the article guys at milehighhuddle.com and uh, you'll see all the names and just kind of where everybody fits in and kind of the outlook. I mean, it's hard to really pinpoint a glaring hole uh, when you look at this. So anyway, I don't think, Overall, I feel pretty good about this roster. I still am not in love with the 2022 draft class, but I am mostly my my orientation on that is College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. I am like completely open and expecting that to change by virtue of how they ultimately fit in and, and produce as drafted players over the next two or three years in media. People want to know out of the gates, Zach, your opinion on a draft class, you got to give them something. And so we do. And all we can do is be honest and give you our, our initial impression, which I think I graded mine as like a C you were a little bit higher. That was just off the cuff initial impression. I don't expect because what we know about George Payton, all right. In the final analysis, when you're looking back on a draft, when you grade one, you need three or four years in the rear view to be able to really sink your teeth into a plausible grade that really holds some meaning. When we finally get to that point, Zach, and we're looking back at 2022 and say 2025, I'm guessing our grades on that class are going to be significantly higher than what it seems off the cuff now. 
Yeah, you know, I, I see some names being shouted too from Mile High Mike, Bobby Massey. I mean, you have three Bobby Masseys pretty much and Billy Turner, Tom Compton, and Calvin Anderson. I would have liked a slam dunk upgrade at right tackle, not Bobby Massey. Uh, Ovanis says one more receiver. Why? You drafted Montreal, Washington. You already had four top receivers. You have Kendall Hinton. You have Seth Williams. You have Travis Fulgham, Tyree Cleveland. And they also have Jalen Virgil, who they picked up as an undrafted free agent. They're fine up and down the roster. And again, it's a credit to George Payton in what he's done in only two years. It really is. I mean, in a perfect world, are there areas you wish could maybe be a little bit better? Yeah, but no roster is perfect. No roster is perfect. When the Broncos were at the height of the Peyton Manning era and just cruising for guaranteed playoff berth year in and year out, the Broncos had at that time, because in part they had solved the quarterback situation, elite depth that's why they were still able to fight through the 2013 playoff gauntlet and make it to the super bowl without whatever it was i think it was five or six starters missing on defense and they still managed to advance all the way to the super bowl that ended up coming out in the wash right those chickens came home to roost when the seahawks curb stomped the denver broncos and it was evident that turns out you really could have used von miller you really could have used chris harris you really could have used kevin vickerson all right, and a bunch of other names that were starters that were absent from that game. But that era of the Broncos, Zach, was, you know, most people just think of the offensive explosion, uh, Peyton Manning, all that good stuff, DT, Vaughn in the Super Bowl and all that, but elite depth. The Broncos just always had their next man up was always better than the other team's next man up. So I'm hoping it pans out that way now that they have it solved again with Russell Wilson under center and looking at it. 10,000-foot view before we even get to the season with a new coaching staff, I feel very optimistic and confident in this roster. Yeah, so do I. And I was racking my brain uh, in the last couple minutes thinking of where the Broncos can upgrade. And honestly, realistically, they can upgrade at punter. Uh, Sam Martin's a little pricey for me. He's not a game-changer at the punter position. So if maybe a veteran shakes loose, they can get him on a one-year veteran minimum type deal. I think they could upgrade that spot, but I'm nitpicking now. If we're talking about punters in early May, that's a pretty well-set roster. Well, and they did sign one, right? Um, I forget the kid's name now. Off the, cu- off the cuff, we can pull it up and find one. But they are open to the possibility of shedding the Sam Martin contract um, because – they're still they're in that window where they could get out of it with very minimal dead cap on Sam Martin, but you got to have a true plausible right. guy you could count on to punt. Um, Michael throwing down with the number one fan super sticker, so rad, dude. Thank you, Mike. Love you, big dog. You are a prince. You know this. You know this. Um, just grateful for our community. Seriously, I don't know what we do without you guys. Yeah, and I want to echo what uh, Big T saying here, Chad. Uh, Kenny Young signing with Vegas is a good fit for him. Hate to say it, but hated more when Callahan signed with the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, that's going to hurt Denver if Callahan plays against Denver. And Callahan can't stay healthy. That's why the Broncos probably didn't bring him back. They signed a comparable player in Kwan Williams to play the slot. But I was a big Callahan guy, as was Chad. When he was on the field, man, he was an all-pro talent. That's no hyperbole. He really was. But uh, lower leg injuries, knee injuries, foot injuries, they all plagued him. And uh, Los Angeles, almost said San Diego, they don't have have the best reputation for warding away the injury bug. And I hate to say it, I think it could nip Callahan once again. One of my close buddies, PB, 
you know who you are. He's a huge Chargers fan, and he's like, I was talking to him yesterday, and he's like, yeah, dude, I think this year it's going to be Broncos Chargers are going to rule the AFC West. Chiefs are going to be third. I'm like, that could be. This could be the year, Zach, finally the Chargers exercise some of those um, believe it when I see it demons. But I still, until I'm going to be that Thomas, right? That doubting Thomas that says, look, when it comes to the Chargers overcoming the vagaries of the injury bug, overcoming uh, coaching foibles, overcoming pick the obstacle, I'll believe it when I see it. The potential's there. That I won't doubt. I mean, that roster is teeming, teeming with menace. I mean, it's going to, it's going to be tough, but compared to the Broncos, I don't. I, I think the Broncos, just by virtue of quarterback on quarterback, like my biggest critique so far of Justin Herbert, Zach, is not coming out in the wash in the win column. All right, in terms of like team success, if you're this great superstar, why is it not come translating to team success? And that's a you point at coaching, but also playing in the clutch. Like one thing that's great about Russ is. Hey, he lacks some of the measurables of some of his fellow future Hall of Fame guys. But the one thing that maybe Tom Brady is the exception here. Mahomes has this in him, although didn't come out perfectly for Chiefs fans in this past playoff gauntlet, Zach. But when the chips are down and it's make a play or go home time, Wilson just has the composure, the brains, just the overall wherewithal, Zach to make that play. And I haven't quite seen that come out in the wash yet for Justin Herbert. And maybe it's just a reps thing, but Russell's had the freaking ice cold going through his veins since he came to the league. He has it and it will never be defined or quantifiable. It's just it. And you know it when you see it and Russell Wilson has it and Justin Herbert may have it, but like Chad said, it hasn't come out in the wash in crunch time or the playoffs, but you know, Los Angeles being atop the West, you said believe it when you see it. Honestly, for all my bravado, the Chiefs in third in the West, believe that when I see that as well. I think they're going to take a downturn, but as long as they have Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they're always going to be a thorn in anyone's side. It's going to be a fight, though, a dogfight, and I can't wait for it. Speaking of dogfights, Montreal, Washington, we got Sam Bam asking about the Broncos' fifth-round pick this year. Appreciate the second super of the night from you, my dog. Thank you, Sam. Uh, do you see Washington contributing mainly as the kick and punt returner, or do you see him adding value as a receiver as well? Well, Zach, this is a really good question because as a fifth-round pick, I know we're not talking first round, we're not talking second, we're sure like not even talking third. It's a fifth-round pick, but I would think you should expect more than just returner value in the fifth round. Like you would at least maybe not right away, but sometime within the span of his rookie deal, you would have some kind of an expectation as the team that drafted him that he could contribute at the position for which he plays, which is wide receiver. But make no mistake, if Montreal Washington impacts, it's going to be as a wide or as a kick returner slash punt returner. Tyree Cleveland, I'd be looking over my shoulder right now. You were drafted to maybe one day work out as a receiver, but see, and that's okay. You're drafted in the seventh round as a returner. I can live with that. Drafting a returner in the fifth round, that's one of the things, again, about this class just kind of left a a dissatisfying taste. Dwayne Stukes, the special teams coach, pounding the table, getting his way, getting a guy in in Washington in the fifth round that almost every draft Nick under the sun, in fact, I haven't talked to one yet that even had him ranked 
expected to be available as a college free agent, and you used a fifth-round pick on him, not even a seventh-round pick, you used a fifth round. So the only interpretation I can glean from that, Zach, and then I'm serving this back to you, is, again, and I mentioned it on the pod before, but perhaps the Broncos received some sort of intelligence or tip or something of a team that was going to take them between then and the end of the draft. So they just said, if we want them, let's just get them. It's fifth round. Let's go get them. They also said, F them picks. True. What do we care? We have our roster set in stone. We're going to go out and compete for a Lombardi. F them picks. I want this guy in the fifth round. Um, Washington should be everything we thought Deontay Spencer would be and more, and hopefully everything we thought Isaiah McKenzie would be and more. Because the Broncos totally botched Isaiah McKenzie. He hurt himself on special teams, and I get that with the fumbles, but they didn't use him at all as a gadget player. And Buffalo, to their credit, they've used McKenzie the right way as a gadget player. So in year one, right away, the first half of the season, Montreal would be, I think, strictly special teams as a returner. He's going to provide the Broncos some dynamism. Yeah, no, you nailed it, dude. Dynamism. Okay, I'll I'll never get that with confidence, but he's going to provide the Broncos some excitement, some spark. He's going to help flip field position. He's going to help the Broncos win football games. And I think as his rookie season gets longer, as it goes on, he gets more comfortable. Hackett being a much better offensive mind, it should be noted, than Pat Shermer and the last bit of Broncos coaches will get Washington involved on the field. Trick plays, end arounds, jet sweeps. No more Jerry Judy jet sweeps. Montreal, Washington jet sweeps. And they, I think they should work uh, to the Broncos' advantage. Phil is wondering why he's getting some sort of a community standard notification when he tries to send stars. Hey, buddy, I wish I could tell you. Um, could just be some kind of a bug with Facebook, but that all, we don't control any of that stuff. So don't think we're telling you you're violating community standards. We're not saying that. Whatever bug or something that's going on with Facebook, that's unfortunately that's between you and the the algo bots to end all algo bots of Facebook. So for what it's worth, uh, Lawrence, appreciate you, big dog. What do you guys think with all the time on the road affecting the Broncos and how they plan for the trips? Not to mention how it's Hackett's first year putting together the traveling schedule. So, Zach, he's speaking to uh, the article you published uh, yesterday, I want to say it was. might have been the day before, but let me go ahead and pull this up real quick. Uh, Broncos are going to be uh, spending a lot of time in the in the air this year, Zach, and tra- traversing many miles, uh, by virtue, obviously, a big chunk of it being the trip to the U.K., but break this down. Yeah, a lot of frequent flyer miles for the Broncos over 27,000 in the air will be spent flying for Denver. I think it's, if you scroll down 32 time zones, uh, yeah, 32 time zones, they cross over 17 regular season games. Obviously the game in London against the Jaguars accounts for a chunk of that. But if you scroll down even further, I mean, they have games on the East coast. They have games up in Seattle on the West coast. It's going to be, a bear in that sense, but it shouldn't be anything that should hurt Denver. I feel like that's a weak excuse to lean on Uh, travel miles and air fatigue. This is a professional football team and Hackett has scheduling people for that. He literally has a coach's coach on staff. He has scheduling people who won't fall just on him. And if he's the coach, we all think he is. He'll keep the Broncos sharp. He'll keep them engaged. He'll keep them from falling off despite the, I guess you can call it unfair traveling disadvantage they have. If the NFL doesn't do the Broncos dirty and gives them a, a buy after the UK game, then it's no skin off their teeth. I think they have to. I think that's a rule. I, I, I know. Hey, let's just hope for that. And then they'll be all right. I mean, it's all good. 
when you've got Russ, some of those uh, old tropes like the Broncos suck at winning morning games on the East Coast, stuff like that is going to start going the way of the Dodo because Russ is the is the equalizer, dude. He levels that playing field. Giovanni, how was Kenny Young for you guys last year? He was solid. He came halfway into the season, all right? Exposed, I want to say it was that week nine, right? The win in Dallas. Uh, the Broncos defense had a completely different energy and just juice. The very second he was inserted into the starting lineup, he really kind of helped mentor, even though he was a new guy too, he really did kind of help mentor Baron Browning, a rookie third-round pick at off-ball linebacker. I want to say two impact, really high-impact games from Kenny, and then he got hurt. He appeared in more than that, but it was really two, maybe three, impact games from Kenny before he got hurt. We liked him, didn't love him. I didn't anyway. I liked him, didn't love him. Would have been totally open to similar type of deal like, hey, Broncos just re-signed Calvin Anderson to a cheap one-year deal, kind of, hey, come prove it. I would have been totally good with that if the Broncos opted to do it with Kenny, but I wasn't I wasn't going to compete for the privilege of it, if that makes sense. Uh, I think Giovanni is a Raiders fan asking about yeah. Kenny Young. Uh, so uh, Giovanni, as I wrote in my article, which you can check out, I kind of compared the situation to what the Raiders had with Justin March, who I covered in Dallas, veteran linebacker who was cut in the corresponding roster move after they signed Kenny Young, just a veteran contributor backup linebacker on defense and a guy who can play special teams as well. I wouldn't love him to be a full-time starter, but behind, I think they have Denzel Perriman and Jayon Brown as their starting inside linebackers behind them. That's a good insurance policy, but if you're looking for a long-term starter, you might be let down. Yes, indeed. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't worry too much about the, the air mileage for what it's worth. I mean, I'm not, that's just part of the game, man. If you're, if you guys are pros, you take care of your bodies, you're sleeping right, you're doing your thing. The coaches and the logistic people who George Payton always goes well out of his way to include in his thanks in the you know, collective um, people who deserve some credit for what feats the Broncos accomplish. I mean, Zach, even think about it like this. The reason he takes the time to thank those people is, hey, Broncos make a, a selection, and it's Nick Benito's second round, Ed Rusher, Oklahoma. Then he's suddenly in Denver by like noon the next day. Who is responsible for spinning those plates and making that happen? A lot of anyone who's tried to book a trip, first of all, even if you're booking well in advance, man, like it can be hairy, dude. They got people that like that's all they do and they're moving moving pieces around on the board and they deserve that credit. So as long as those people do a good job as well and helping the Broncos navigate this is what I'm getting at. I think they'll be all right. I want to point out two things. I mean, to lean on the schedule, I think is a little ridiculous because the Broncos had the, what was it? The second easiest strength to schedule last year. Yep. And they won seven games. So it's not a, a great indicator though. Did you see the Steelers Chad? They're going to travel, I think less than 10,000 miles the entire season and never leave the Eastern time zone. So food for thought, food for thought, Phil with a good question here of all our draft picks, who will be starters week one hashtag. Let's write hashtag MHH for life. My answer to that is Oh, I'm going to butcher his name. I got to actually read it. I still don't have this sunk into the zeitgeist. Awuzurike. yet. Awuzurike, thank you. Fourth round defensive lineman out of Iowa. S Iowa or Iowa State? I'm Iowa doubting State, myself. Either way, Iowa State. Um, that dude is going to push, I think, Mike Purcell for – because if the Broncos had to play ball tomorrow, the starting defensive line, Draymond – DJ Jones at nose, nose tackle, the $10 million per year 
free agent from San Fran. And then probably Mike Purcell. But cut to September, and then you have all of the training camp in the books and preseason. Don't be surprised if that rookie fourth rounder is the guy. Unless you got someone else too, Zach. Who who do you think, maybe? Washington. Just on special teams, he's going to be penciled in. I know that's a cop-out answer. I said it last night, uh, but Washington should start. I was thinking maybe Damari Mathis, but it, it, it could take a while before he transitions to starter. I just did, I want to say about DJ Jones, you and I both talked to a couple 49ers reporters at the draft, and they raved to us about mm-hmm. DJ Jones being like the underrated hero on that San Francisco defensive line on that defense. I think the Broncos yep. had a really good player in Jones. Yep, and he gets reunited with Deshaun Williams from – their Clemson days, it's kind of cool. And K1. Uh, that's right. But see, Mathis would have to unseat either K1 Williams in the nickel or Ronald Darby, and they're both making enough money. I don't see that really happening. Something unfortuitous, I think, would have to befall one of those guys in order for Mathis to get the bump up. And even if it, it, something did happen to either of those guys, probably going to be Michael O.J. Moody gets the first swing at the plate as a former third-round pick that's still in the hopper. You know, he played pretty well late in the year when he got his opportunities. He was banged up and unavailable for a lot of last season, Zach, but Michael O., don't sleep on him. Don't write him off quite yet. He could still turn out to be a really solid draft pick uh, in the final analysis. I think Jaquan McMillian, who they signed as an undrafted free agent, he's going to push either Asang Bassi or Ojemudi off the roster. So uh, it's going to be interesting Could in that be. quarterback room this summer. Yep. Asang Bassi, he's back after spending a little sojourn on the uh, Chargers roster or practice squad, whatever it was. I, I don't recall now. I think both, actually. Uh, Travis says, I got to bounce early tonight. Got to be up 4 a.m. for work. Good for you, big dog. Great show. He says, thanks, buddy. Uh, yep, we do appreciate your appreciation, Big T. Get some uh, get some beauty sleep, my dog. Get some sleep. That's early. That's too early for me. That's like Jocko Willink time. You're getting up at 4 a.m., dude. Whew. Uh-uh. I uh, Zach, me. neither you or I are morning people. Definitely not, no. Uh, I used to be, my mind comes alive at about 8 p.m. And yeah. so I get this, like, what would you, maybe a second wind? about that time when I was younger, even in my thirties, you know, I'm in my forties now, but even in my thirties, that second wind would carry me. 1 AM is about the time I might start kind of feeling a little drowsy enough to lay down and go to sleep. Now I get to about 11 ish and I start, it's time to lay down and I'm out by about midnight. Usually that's, but, and morning time, look, dude, one of the worst feelings in the world to me, is going to sleep, I don't care what time you got to go to sleep, or you go to sleep, but going to sleep knowing that there's an external expectation on you to get up early that next day. I hated that, dude. Back in the day, college, school, whatever. I still don't sleep in all day. I mean, I don't have to get up for anybody. I just fish to fry. I got MHH and my family and all this. I, I, I don't sleep all day. Hello. But I like just going to sleep. Even if I wake up, Zach, at 7.30, I like going to sleep knowing I don't have to wake up tomorrow unless I want to. Sounds sophomoric and, and almost like a teenager thing, but that's just, hey, if you even knew my my sense of humor, you would understand the 14-year-old thing. 
Well, you're talking to the idiot that always books his flight to like 6 a.m. So I have to wake up on those on those mornings at like five. And I just I can't function. I'm not a morning person at all. I'm very much a night owl. If I want to wake up in the morning semi early, I need like three cups of coffee to even function. I'm a zombie until I get that. So different strokes. Uh, Jeremy Sean A saying, hey, I start work. Hold on, let me pull it up. At 3.30 a.m. as a news editor, you eventually get used to it. Yes, your brain eventually, you know, your circadian clock, your rhythm uh, eventually falls in line um, with that. But, man, God love you. God love you. Someone's got to do those jobs. And, uh, Jeremy, Big T, more power to you. Zach, we're at the 48-minute mark. Before we dip out of here, I think we kind of covered every all the topics we did want to get to tonight. So let me just do one last pass here on the chat. Make sure we didn't miss anything too juicy. Like Maurice saying, I just hit that like button like it owed me some money. Yeah, dude. Love it. Thank like you, it Maurice. Was Chris Rock's face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Maurice golly. was Will Smith's fist. Yes, indeed. You, um, all right. Hold on. Just bear with me for a sec, gang. I'm going to scroll up and see if I can find anything that uh, jumps out of interest. Because, again, we have kind of covered the majority of the content we wanted to get to this evening um here's here's a pillar pg pillar gifted i haven't caught a live in a minute thanks bronco gents good night yeah welcome big dog uh a question i think it was from robert here and then we'll we'll dip on out of here what kind of defense will the new dc run kind of um what we've been told because he ajiro evero springs off multiple uh, defensive czar coaching trees. He spent time in the Wade Phillips scheme. He spent time with disciples of the Fangio scheme. But because he's coming in on the coattails of the Fangio scheme, which is the in-demand defensive scheme around the league right now, if you even like once made coffee for Vic Fangio, you could get a pretty high job in the NFL as a coaching assistant right now. Um, so imagine, they're going to keep – Imagine having that job. Sorry. No. <laughs> Making coffee and getting coffee for Fangio. Not me, baby. Not me anyway. either. But that scheme, in other words, what I'm getting at here, Robert, it's not going anywhere. So the bones of it are staying in place. But what you're going to see from Evero is an updated, different verbiage. Uh, nomenclature. Dip, the plays are called this. You know, this technique is called that. Whatever. And a few other little tweaks. So for the players, it's not about learning new scheme so much as it is verbiage, which makes it an easy, easy transition for a new coaching staff coming in. Yeah, and I think a little more specifically, they're going to run a lot of 5-1-5 looks, five uh, down linemen, one inside linebacker, and five defensive backs. That's the way the NFL is going nowadays, and that's why I wouldn't sweat inside linebacker too much where Josie Jewell and Alex Singleton uh, run the roost there. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of pressure looks, a lot of aggressive looks. Everything we wanted Vic Fangio to be, it won't be bend but don't break. It's break the other team in half by getting the ball back, by sacking them, getting interceptions, and, and just uh, creating havoc. That's what Evero wants, aggressiveness. I think that's the scheme he's going to run. A lot more, to put it another way, a lot more Wade Phillips than Vic Fangio. Yes, indeed. A lot of um, match quarters, too. So it's going to be fun to see. 
how it all takes shape. I don't think it's going to be a perfect facsimile of the Fangio scheme, but it's built on those bones. So, Zach, without further ado. Yes, sir. Thank you for watching the Huddle Up Pod tonight, guys. Have a great rest of your Monday. We're off until Wednesday evening, same time, same place. Until then, follow us on Twitter at Huddle Up Pod. You can follow the main account on Twitter at Mile High Huddle. You can follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. You can follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. If you guys would like a hat, shirt, hoodie, coffee cup, sweatshirt, uh, uh, t-shirt, sleeveless shirt, anything you can think of is in that store, huddleuppod.com. Visit that store when you can. We appreciate you guys. And facebook.com slash Pod. Like that page, follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, please go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football pre-save five-star review for a chance to win some merch each and every month. But if you can't do those things, please subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHA channel. It really helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans just like you. We really do appreciate those of you who take the fractions of a second to like the video. It helps us out in a big, bad way. Shout out to these great supporters. <clears throat> Pardon me. On Facebook, Big T, Travis Weber, GLP, Andrew Baker, Lawrence Rivera, and then our Super Chat superstars tonight, Michael Ronquillo, Sam Bam, The Duchess, Michaela Parker, Kendrick Ware, Najal Toff, Sam Bam again, Michael Ronquillo again. I mean, we got multiples tonight, so... Very, very cool. Appreciate each and every one of you. Enjoy the rest of your night. And as Zach mentioned, we'll see you on Wednesday. No, Patrick, no surgical caps yet in the huddle of pod store, but soon uh, keep your eye out for that. But take care, guys. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.